We love our pets, but when the floor is covered in fur, that's harder to love. Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has powerful 8,000 PA suction to make hair vanish from floors in just one pass. Plus, the roller brush has automatic detangling for easy hands-free maintenance. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Uno, ¡Qué barbaridad! ¡Gol, gol, 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 Hi Matt, I'm fine, even though the weekend wasn't really that great for uh, Valencia followers, but uh, regardless of what happened over at, uh, you know, uh, Santiago Bernabéu ground, uh, plenty of things uh, to dissect tonight, you know, uh, plenty of uh, little details over in that game, which Girona were able to win over at Vallecas, also Barca struggling to win their game. Uh, Villarreal, you know, plunging to their own demise over at El Metropolitano. Martino bound to become Villarreal's manager in the next few minutes or hours or days. Um, Griezmann scoring again, assisting again. Simeone on, you know, on a rut uh, after his contract extension. So many things to talk about. Yeah, indeed. Uh, the the international break is upon us, but we signed off in style because every team that played this weekend scored a goal. 3.66 goals per game, 33 in the nine fixtures. The one we didn't have was, of course, Mallorca against Cadiz, postponed due to Kosovo-Israel taking place on Sunday too. Four of the top five had to come from behind to win. More on that in a bit, but we have to start with what is always the headline um, on a match day like this, El Gran Derby or the Seville Derby as it should be known. Sevilla, Betis. Betis, of course, coming into this much the better side in form. Five wins on the bounce. Mm. Sevilla, of course, struggling massively. They were the better side, Betis, in this game, but couldn't really convert their chances. They did take the lead through Iosi Perez after a a poor flap from Marco Dimitrovic. But then Ivan Rakitic to the rescue for Sevilla uh, to make it four draws in a row under Diego Alonso. And, And Betis, they just can't quite get it done in the derby. Pellegrini... Still hasn't won one in the league. The only win he has over Sevilla is in the cup as Betis coach. Paco, what did you make of it? Well, obviously, there's uh, something to be made out of uh, Pellegrini not really being able to uh, crack the nut, ultimately, which is uh, Sevilla for him. Uh, even though in, in many chances, uh, Betis have been the favourites before the game, they had the better squad or best dynamic or the best streak of results, it really doesn't matter when you come down to those 90 minutes, especially we uh, today uh, over at El Sanchez Pizjuan. Um, I think that uh, even though in the first half, remember that uh, Bellerin scoring the, the the goal, which was ultimately, um, you know, uh, off. yeah, uh, because of the of the some of the of the player deflecting the, the strike. But in the second half, I think that the uh, Ultimately, 
Rakitic scoring that amazing strike from outside the box was the the only actual highlight of the of Sevilla during the second half. Even though it was quite balanced um, throughout the throughout the game, I think that Betis had more chances. They had more ball possession. They had more um, you know presence in the in the opposite sides of the of the pitch and Sevilla at this point you only have to listen to the chants once the the game finished uh, they were just saved by Dimitrovic uh, time and time after time after time and uh, the chants were directed to the to the board of executives so I actually believe that uh, change is going to happen very soon especially in the board of executives as there's um, a general assembly coming up. Uh, many things, many pieces moving around uh, Sevilla with former president Jose Maria del Nido speaking out and actually uh, setting up his TikTok account a, last, a few days ago, which is weird and bizarre and the kind of thing which makes uh, this kind of derby very, very spicy. And yeah, overall, I think that it was really disappointing football-wise because uh, if you leave aside uh, Betty scoring early and later uh, Rakitic uh, leveling the game with that amazing strike, um, not really much can be said about both sides. I think that uh, Sevilla are struggling at this point with absolutely every game that they, that they play. And Betis, as I said earlier, don't really know how to play against Sevilla in these kinds of games. So mm. uh, if you put everything into the into the blender, uh, you can you know you could expect that the outcome was going to be a draw. Yeah, indeed. Well, if that one didn't quite tick all the boxes for you, listeners, I'm sure Friday night certainly did. Oh, es penalti! Viene Berenguer, viene Berenguer, viene Berenguer, Berenguer! Goal! Unexpected, ridiculous partidazzo between Athletic and Celta mm. at San Mamés. Celta led 1-0 and 2-1. Yago Aspas finally scored after so many weeks and months. Athletic leveled twice, then led themselves 3-2. But then Celta got back in it. And then Yago Aspas had a penalty saved by Unai Simon mm. with the score at 3-3. And then Athletic finally put another dagger into the heart of Rafa Benitez with a 4-3 goal. 98th minute penalty from Alex Berenguer. Celta just keep conceding in the last 15 minutes of games. It's cost them 12 points this season already, and they only have seven. So just imagine what it would look like if they kept the door shut at the end. But as for Athletic and Valverde, it's their best start since 1993. And you have to go back to 1982 when they had a better start at this stage of the season. Paco, Valverde really pumping it onto Benitez here. Yeah, two former Valencia managers, by the way. Um, and I'm really sorry for what uh, Rafa Menitez is enduring in this in this tenure uh, at the helm over at uh, Celta. Because first up, I think that he's finished. You know, I think that uh, if not, he might be the following game. If he's able to endure the, the pressure in the following 15 days uh, and Celta's board are able to keep their confidence on, on his uh, abilities... I think that the game being played in, in a fortnight when Celta will visit Mestalla, which is going to be a very emotional game regardless, uh, might be you know the, the nail in the coffin for, for Benitez, who is possibly the unluckiest manager in, in La Liga, just the way they have been you know bleeding points left and right whenever uh, they are just unable to, as you said, keep the door shut. Uh, they get uh, penalized by referee calls and you know unfair calls overall. 
um, not the luckiest season for Celta, uh, and also unfortunately for them, we're talking about their centenary season. So, yeah, but it was a, a, an amazing game. I think that we had many things to to highlight. For example, Yago Aspas wreaking havoc on on uh, Athletic Club in the first half an hour. He scored once. It was disallowed. Later scored an um, a, an absolutely bonkers goal with his <laughs> left foot from outside the box. You know, just going into the bottom uh, corner of the of the of the goal and Unai Simon just how massive he is uh, physical wise he was just unable to stop it mm. and uh, Sunset leveled very quickly Mbamba scored a, a howler from from outside the box too Guruzeta once again in the nick of time before the halftime was able to to level once again and uh, in that sense uh, you know Celta uh, allowed uh, the 2-2 with only seconds to go in the first half uh, Athletic scored the third in the fifth minute of the of the second of the second period, and once again they scored the the penalty in the ninety seventh minute, as you said. So, Celta are just so afraid of uh, extra times here and there, and the and the final minutes of each half that uh, it's just too bad for them. You know, even though Larsen uh, with a great move was able to to level the game once again, Jago Aspas had the win, and he missed. Or I should say, uh, Unai Simon had mm, a you know very good save, very very good save. The penalty was perfectly executed, and, and Unai Simon uh, was just massive under under the stick. So overall, tough luck for for Benitez, who is you know this season having uh, a severe punishment in in almost every single game, and on the other side of of things, uh, Valverde is just. You know, one of my favorite managers, hands down, uh, in La Liga. I think he's severely underrated as Barca's manager. Actually, Barca's demise uh, just kick-started when he was sacked in, in January 2020, I believe, uh, by Bartomeu. And from that point on, uh, you know, Barca were never just the same. And Barca fans <laughs> might have taken, taken that kind of winning and not really suffering for granted. And Valverde is, is doing an amazing job over at um, Athletic Club. Once again, delivering in spades with plenty of chances for the youngsters. All of them, you know, homegrown, uh, coming in from uh, Lezama, uh, climbing through the ranks. And once again, um, as Iñaki Williams, and in this case, Nico Williams, had a great game. In, in this case, Nico was was perfect for, for his team's uh, interests. So, yeah, definitely 100% deserved all of the praise for Valverde because he's an excellent manager and he's doing a great job this season for Athletic Club. Yep, they stay in fifth just outside the top four. And uh, Gorka Guruceta has scored six goals now this season for Athletic. Maybe, just maybe, they have a reliable goal scorer as that number nine. Uh, speaking of the club that is fourth, and that is Atleti, they took on manager Luis Villarreal after the Yellow Submarine officially sacked mm. Pacheta after their Europa League win. We'll come on to Martellino in just a moment, Paco, but Villarreal played quite well in the first half, took the lead through Gerard Moreno. He scored for the fifth game running in the league. But Atleti, again, we talk about timing of goals for Celta. Villarreal conceded just on half-time. Axel Witzel, free as a bird at the back post to tap in. Mm. And it took a while for Atleti to, to break them down, but eventually it came from, who else, Antoine Griezmann, with a late goal to make it 2-1. And then on the break, Pablo Barrios, who's been called up to the under-21s, he squared it for Lino. Fabulous pass, fabulous finish to seal Atleti's 17th home win in a row in all competitions. So Atleti still going strong, reacting after that last Palmas defeat in the league. Um, and yeah, Villarreal, we think Marcelino is effectively almost done. It hasn't been officially confirmed as we stand right now, but 
it's it's just imminent, isn't it? Yeah, actually, in the flash interview after the game, um, the the reporter asked uh, Raúl Albiol about Marcelino, and he was very open about his arrival, saying that yeah, obviously that uh, the the manager might might be eager to just kickstart the training sessions with them, you know, trying to to get a grip on on the on the strengths and weaknesses of this of this side. And yeah, uh, everyone uh, considers Marcelino already uh, done and dusted all of the talks regarding his deal. It should be official in the next few hours. And he has a very tough job ahead of him because Villarreal have been so un- inconsistent this season with plenty of problems, especially in the midfield. Um, you know, Gerard Moreno is scoring goals, yes, left and right, but that isn't enough because at the back, um, you know, even jo- even when Jorgensen has been a good signing because he's been, uh, you know, delivering strong performances, it's just not enough for them. I think that uh, tonight they felt the the just inconsistency at the back with a number of subs uh, made by Miguel Angel Tena, which was the uh, caretaking manager for for this game. Um, using a couple of youngsters in in this match um and uh, i was trying to check out the the player uh carol romero who played as a left back you know he he appeared in both uh in both goals in the second half for for atleti so he wasn't really it wasn't really his strongest uh performance so yeah i think that after pacheta and after opening the season with kike setien it's going to be very tough for for Villarreal to really cl- climb back to the levels that they were expected. You know, Europe is very far away from them at this at this point. But I'm hundred percent positive that Martinez is going to you know uh, stabilize their their performances and uh, improve them quite a lot from now till the end of the season. I don't think that it's going to be enough for them to make in top six, but uh, definitely they are going to leave aside all of the worries about, you know, potential relegation and so on. Whereas for Atleti, six out of six at home, very strong, very confident, uh, just unstoppable when playing at El Wanda Metropolitano. As I said earlier, it's been a massive week also for Simeone, his contract extension for, for three more seasons. Um, yeah, all it's hap- everything is happiness for, for uh, Colchoneros at this point, for Atleti fans. Griezmann scoring once again. Uh, Pablo Barrios, he had an excellent game overall, but in this case, massive run coming from behind, you know, and just like a knife on on butter, you know, uh, penetrating all Villarreal's defense and delivering the assist to Samulino, who is back and once again scoring. So, yeah, we have at this point a four-horse race for the title, uh, four contenders at this point, which is... I wouldn't say unprecedented because we've seen uh, in the last five, six years a couple of times something similar. But, you know, as far as as uh, the four contenders are concerned, the levels of confidence at this point are very different between them. And uh, Atletico Madrid are at this point, I would say, the underdog because nobody really counts on them. But if you look at the numbers and you look at the performances, yeah, they can have the, you know, the usual... Uh, uh, the usual defeat here and there, like the other day against Las Palmas. But if they win everything at home, we're talking about uh, them securing almost uh, 57 points. <laughs> if mm. they win everything at Metropolitano, which is uh, almost 70% of the job if, if they really want to be a La Liga contender. So keep uh, keep an eye and, and be watchful for Atletico because I, I wouldn't rule them out from, from La Liga uh, championship contenders. 
Yeah, Griezmann in fine form. The the bench strength so strong. Interestingly, they have conceded in every home game this season, but like the firepower they have this year, it doesn't seem to be mattering. And uh, quite fitting that Atleti's uh, win to celebrate Simeone's contract renewal comes against Villarreal because they were the first side he beats as their coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, as for Villarreal, you said give uh, Martellino the keys and, and just let him go. So we'll see how that develops in the coming days. Uh, You've mentioned four horse race and the fourth horse in that race, who are currently the front runner, and that is Girona. Yeah. Uh, yes, they are still top. They went to Rayo. Uh, Michel, his homecoming at Vallecas, where he is so warmly received. A fabulous ovation for him before and mm. after the game. Uh, Rayo took the lead and were pretty comfortable early doors, but then Girona do what they do. They got level. They came from behind, dominated the game, and won again. 16 points from deficits on the scoreboard uh, they've, they've been able to take. It's They keep surprising people. They're leaders by two points. Can it continue? They're so impressive. Is it sustainable? Yeah, that's the biggest headline of the season so far. You know, now on top after 13 games, uh, which is unprecedented. And by the way, like 90, 95% of, of the times on which a team has had this uh, number of points at this uh, this point in the, in the competition with one third already being played, uh, all of them finish with that uh, spoken team in the top four which would also be massive because you could just imagine the headlines if the following season we had a Manchester City-Girona showdown <laughs> in the Champions League. Uh, many people would just, uh, you know, run around in circles and, and just uh, cry cry wolf, like, <laughs> like we would say over here. But yeah, um, the message of uh, Bucaneros and uh, the, the stands over at Vallecas to Mitchell was Mitchell, el nieto de la María, bienvenido al barrio, which is uh, Mitchell, the, the María's grandson, which, which is one of the neighbors. Uh, welcome to the neighborhood, uh, because they consider one of themselves. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. Mitchell is one of them. Uh, Rayo fans know that Mitchell is, is, has been a Rayo player, has been a Rayo fan all of his life. And uh, back in the day, he was Rayo's manager. And now he's doing a spectacular job at the helm over at uh, Girona. As you said, many things to pinpoint from this game. Once again, the early opener by Alvaro Garcia for Rayo Vallecano. But, you know, slowly the 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 level, the balance of the game was, was toppled over in Girona's favor. I think that uh, the Ukrainian forward Dobbik did an absolutely amazing game overall. What a sign. But, yeah, the goal that he scored before halftime is excellent. You know, just excellent. The way he moves into the space and just leaves the defender when going for the break and, and, and making his, himself comfortable inside the box, he leaves the, the defender at the ground, you know, um, and he's able to finish in, in a one-touch uh, finish, which uh, delivered the, the the draw for uh, Girona. And then in the second half, once again, he, he was in charge of, of that uh, one-touch finish. Uh, later, the the goalkeeper, uh, Dimitrievski, um, deflecting it. And, and finally, once again, Savinho scoring. Mm. He's been huge so far this season uh, too. So, Dobbik, Savinho, so many players uh, being highlights for, for Girona this, this year. And at this point, you just can't believe in coincidences. If Girona are so much in form at this point, they have deserved um, 99% of the times. Uh, maybe except the, the game they won against Delta, which was very controversial with that referee call and so on. But uh, the rest of the games have been very, very impressive. So at this point, hats off for, for towards Girona. I, I don't really remember another 
you know, underdog side level team uh, excelling so much. I, you know, thinking about very hard. Maybe Levante 10 years ago, remember that at this point, like we were in match day 8, 9, 10, they were uh, fighting for the, the top of the league. But I don't know, Girona are just surprising absolutely everyone. And, you know, Mitchell is in large part responsible for, for all of this. Mm. Yeah, fantastic. They stayed top and they continue to just, just keep scaling heights. Uh, that's all we have time for in part one. When we come back, we'll talk about the rest of the games from the weekend, including Barca and Real Madrid both winning, but in very different ways. Stay with us. by Gundogan and it's taken off him by John Guridi striding forward look at Javi Lopez into the penalty area the cross for Samu oh my word can you believe it 17 seconds in and Alaves have the lead and it is Samu Omorodion who slots it home and it could not have been easier for Alaves welcome back to La Liga Lowdown we'll uh, we'll go straight to Barca's game against Alaves because once again they conceded within the first 20 seconds of a game. Second time it's happened this season. It happened against Granada and it happened again at home this time. Samu Omoridion had already scored against Atleti at the Civitas mm. Metropolitano. He's now scored at Monjuic. Fabulous goal. Uh, Gundogan lost the ball. It was played left from Garidi and then it was crossed in and uh, Omoridion got ahead of Inigo Martinez to finish nicely. Alaves were really good value for their lead, but Barca did ultimately uh, turn the game around. Robert Lewandowski ended his goal drought, um, the winner coming from the penalty spot. Still not convincing from Barca, though, was it? Xavi said that they detected the issue. Wasn't obviously had solved it, though, was it? Yeah, I remember that Omoronion had another chance in the first half very early with a, a shot into the uh, crossbar, I believe. And uh, Luis Garcia was so mad after the game because he said that in the first half, if they had more... More accuracy. Not. Mm. I, I was going to talk about quality, but not really. More accuracy on on target, and they sh should have gone to the to the locker room with a two goal or three goal advantage. But if you leave Barca alive, uh, most of the times you you pay, and that's what happened in the first half because ultimately ball possession for Barca was uh, seventy two twenty eight, which is um, amazing. And yeah, Barca improved in the second half, but once again you can really see the. Uh, cracks in in Xavi's uh, system and tactics, and you can also uh, detect those uh, cracks between some of the players. You know, some of the video clips uh, making the rounds in social media and during the the TV broadcast of Lewandowski being as mad as hell with Lamin Yamal because of not receiving a couple of assists, clear assists with uh, with uh, with Barca striker just waiting to to tap it in, and Lamin Yamal was a bit selfish in the in the in the place and in the finish ultimately we're talking about a veteran player i believe uh, Lewandowski's 32 or 33 lamin yamal is half his age mm. and you should definitely have a bit more patience with the kid and uh, especially as uh, the kid really you know apologized for for not uh, doing things properly and and tried you know uh, clapping hands with him and and he uh, you know 
snatch the hand away. He didn't want to uh, really greet his, his teammates, and that is quite nasty from from such a veteran player as Lewandowski, who should try to, you know, include and and teach some of his teammates, especially the younger ones, not only to play better, but also to behave better. And mm. in this case, Lewandowski wasn't really fortunate in that sense. But yeah, he scored a brace. So in in, in, in this sense, he's, he might be quite happy. Maybe he wanted more goals. But yeah, he's uh, slowly crawling back at uh, Bellingham, who didn't play this weekend. And with two more goals, Lewandowski, uh, the second one from the penalty spot. A bit harsh on uh, Alaves, very unlucky handball overall. But... Yeah, Barca uh, are just becoming used to win uh, games f with a very tight, Suffering. narrow margin. Yeah, mm. and uh, someday they won't be lucky. Uh, so far it has worked, even though Xavi just decided to blame after the game, you know, the he decided to blame the media and the pressure and the fans and everyone trying to... Um, uh, influence the the performance of his of his lads, but ultimately Barca have to do really a self assessment in this break and try to uh, find out what is going wrong for them because most of the time we expect Barca both to play well and to win, and at this point they are just winning uh, from, with a very tight margin, with very mm. tight games and tight scores, and someday they won't be as lucky. Indeed, the next two home games in the league when they come back from the break. Atleti at the start of December, followed by Girona coming to Montjuic. So two massive tests for Xavi's side when we come back after the international break. As for Real Madrid, as you said, no Jude Bellingham for this one, but no problem. They beat Valencia five goals to one. Only a late Hugo Duro consolation gave any kind of uh, glimmer mm. for Valencia. Vinny and Rodrigo finally came into form in the league, at least two goals from each of them. Dani Carvajal with the other. That's Valencia's heaviest defeat under Ruben Baraja. But um, yeah, Paco Real were pretty comfortable here, weren't they? Well, uh, many things to say about this game, even though we can really sum it up with the fact that Valencia didn't show up. And the fact that uh, Valencia did compete in the first half an hour. But when you do have three clear chances, clear as day, and uh, your striker, in this case Hugo Duro, misses them all, all of them, the chances of winning or getting something positive out of El Bernabeu are slim to none. I would say none, actually. So, yeah, it wasn't really the best night for, for Hugo Duro, even though he scored in the second half. It's quite amazing, actually, that he scored the toughest one to, to actually score mm. and slot in. And yeah. the easiest ones, you know, one-on-one uh, on, one on Lunin and a, a clear-as-day header with none, no kind of opposition in front of him, nobody in front of him. He just missed to connect. He failed to connect with the header and uh, a chance very early in the first half with a good maneuver inside the box and and finishing into uh, and slamming the ball into Lunin's uh, body. Overall, if instead of Hugo Duro, uh, Valencia had, uh, I would say, a higher quality striker. Not to slam on Hugo Duro, but you know, uh, back in the day he was the the third choice for the managers in his case. Borbalas uh, and so on. Last year he, we had Cavani over here, even though Cavani wasn't really in form. But yeah, Valencia lacked in this case the the individual quality to make a difference. And when uh, this kind of game is played against Real Madrid, a very open one, trying to you know making the the comparison with with boxing, um, Valencia went on a full-fledged head-to-head with, with Real Madrid. And if you don't have really the power to score the chances that you generate, 
you're going to be spanked. And that's what's happened with, with Valencia, who, uh, you know, saw how Real Madrid scored the second one uh, late in the first half. The game more or less was open, but, you know, the opening of the second half was uh, absolute rubbish. You know, the way Valencia uh, was just sleeping and their defense just left uh, Vinicius to trickle into the into the front end of the box and, and finish very easily. Mamardasvili wasn't really... Uh, you know, uh, fortunate in most of his uh, in his saves. Um, Carvajal scoring with his left foot, which is also quite remarkable because mm-hmm. he really doesn't use it never, ever. And uh, yeah, Rodrigo scoring lately. Uh, massive mistake in that fourth goal by Mamarda Vili. So overall, you have the the perfect storm. You know, Madrid feeling very comfortable and Valencia not showing up, especially in the second half. So yeah, I would say that five goals was five uh, one was a a, a fair scoreline, uh, mainly because Valencia didn't really show what uh, they have shown so far in the in the twelve earlier games. Mm. Indeed, got to land those punches when you get the chance. Uh, Real Sociedad left it late, but they did get back to winning ways in La Liga. Uh, they went ahead in Almeria through Mikel Oyarzabal, whose strong form continues, nine goals in 11 for him. But Almeria pegged them back, Sergio Arribas mm. with another goal. He's been really impressive Five. for them. Yeah, yeah Ma- Madrid, Madrid youngster, by the way. Indeed, yeah, he's having a good season in a, in a relatively poor team. And then it took two late goals, from uh, one from Carlos Fernandez from the spot, and then Martin Subimendi to seal the win. Only Sporting in 97-98 have had a worse yeah. start than Almeria. Even Elche last season, remember how bad they were? Even oh, they had more points. Levante two games. seasons ago. Yeah, exactly, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Even they had more points than Almeria have now after 13 games. I mean, yeah. Real Sociedad back up um, above Betis into, into sixth place. But Almeria, is there any hope? Um, I would say... Very little at this point because uh, Garitano has possibly the toughest job of his career ahead of him. Um, and uh, in this game, in this particular game, they were once again unlucky because they deserved to pick up a point against Real Sociedad. The Churiurdins were better in the second half. They dominated more. They had more chances. But the fact is that Almeria were defending quite well. But again, a very unfortunate handball inside the box in the 90th minute allowed Carlos Fernandez to, to score the 2-1 and later... Um, Thuy Mendy scored the the final goal in the 96th minute, I believe. So, uh, with a header, by the way. Not not really a, a good showcase of what Almeria should do in order to pick up points. But at the same time, uh, it's a good learning curve for, for Garitano. Remember, he was in charge last season uh, uh, over at Eibar. Uh, and he was very unlucky, by the way, because Eibar were dominating second division for... 80% of the of the of the season and they just dropped off uh, in a way you know the form dropped dramatically in the last 10 games and they were just unable to uh you know squeeze into the first two spots uh, which promoted directly to primera and later in the in the playoffs they were quickly knocked out so uh, it's going to be very tough for for almeria because the 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 amount of jo- the uh, the amount of of points that they have to catch up with the the rest of the opposition are uh, is very is is very large three points at this point three out of thirty nine is is awful numbers you know thirty five goals allowed um, the team which allows the most over in in La Liga but at the same time if you actually see the 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 numbers 
there's so much uh, balance uh, from the 12th spot downwards that you have in the fray. Um, Osasuna would be more or less the, the, the team which marks the, the line, we, sitting at 12. But you have Sevilla, Villarreal, Alaves, Cádiz, Mallorca, Celta, Granada, Almería. Almería mm. are actually two games away from salvation. Mm. Two games with 26 remaining. So the bottom line is that it's going to be a very, very tough job, but actually it's not impossible. Why? Because it's still very early in the in the season. Yeah, lots of poor teams at the moment at the bottom, not in any kind of form. So they have a chance of catching those for sure. Uh, a couple of those involved on Saturday afternoon, two one one draws to finish with. Granada won, Getafe won. Uh, Borja Mayoral scored yet again for Getafe before ex-Getafe player Gonzalo Villar equalised and over at El Sadar, uh, Molero opened for Las Palmas with his first goal in the top flight but Ante Budimir continued his hot streak with an equaliser. Both of those teams just about comfortable mid-table but uh, yeah, Granada the only one of the bottom three to pick up a point this weekend. What did you make of those two, Paco? I know you just caught up with them towards the end but uh, anything to say from these? Well, once again, Bordalas uh, with his uh, amazing streak of, of games. I was checking out the last time that Getafe lost a game and it actually happened against Real Sociedad over in uh, September. Yeah. From that point onward, it's just been draw after draw after draw after draw after draw. Their win last week on Monday, the, the, the ending, uh, you know, ending the match say 12. And, uh, you know, Picking up point after point after point has Getafe mid-table, yeah. which is ultimately their, their main goal this season because Getafe and Bordalas actually know that after suffering so much last year, uh, making it till the literal last game uh, without really securing the the remaining in La Liga, I think that what Getafe really want this season is try to get as clear away from danger as possible as soon as possible. And Bordalas knows that as, as, as far as they, or as long as they pick up points every single week uh they will be they will be fly, fine and in this game against granada obviously granada are not at this point in a in a good form um also paco lopez is uh you know in severe danger of getting the the sack actually I was surprised of him not getting the sack of, of him not getting a sack after what happened in Copa del Rey. Remember that um, Granada mm. are going to be knocked out from Copa del Rey because of an illegal um, uh, lineup yeah, uh, of players. Correct, yeah. correct. Goalkeeper, 24 year old, and um, as you know, it's very. We're trying to make it short, but uh, amateur players should be under 23s. And, you know, lining up the, the goalkeeper was uh, a massive mistake on Granada's behalf, even though they have uh, announced that they are going to, you know, uh, challenge the, the decision. Uh, 99% of, of, the, of, of the end result is going to be Granada getting knocked out from Copa del Rey. So, yeah, mm, awful week for, uh, for Paco Lopez. They lost uh, at Mestalla. They are going to get knocked out of Copa del Rey. They drew against uh, Getafe, which is a direct uh, enemy in the fight for survival. So I have serious doubts about Paco Lopez uh, remaining at the helm in the following 15 days. Unfortunately for us, because Paco Lopez is a friend of La Liga Lowdown. Yes, indeed he is. Uh, well, that wraps it up for match day 13. As we say, Mallorca Cadiz was postponed. That'll be played I think after match day 14 in a midweek somewhere there. So that's coming up uh, end of November, December. Uh, for us now, we will look ahead to the international break. Stay with us. Um, please subscribe and upgrade at lllonline.substack.com. Paco, you can tell them why. 
Um, because if not, you are losing, um, I wouldn't say half of the picture. I would say 75% of the picture. Mm. Because, yeah, it's fine to listen to us, you know, ramble and talk about <laughs> what is going on over at the weekend. But the real meat of this stuff happens midweek. And you are missing out on amazing reports, uh, incredible write-ups by our very talented staff. And also the midweek podcast, which is often very, very special. So if you haven't subscribed yet, you know, it's just a fiver a month. It's... You know, Calderilla, we say in Spanish, you know, pocket money, not really that much. So just do it and you won't regret it. There you go. I can't add any more to that. Thank you for your time, Paco. Enjoy the international break. I will do, for sure. <laughs> and thank you for listening and we hope to speak to you again soon. Adios. <laughs>